Hi guys. I just want to start this week by thanking everyone who's been listening to the podcast so far. It really makes it worthwhile when I see that someone's listening, um, especially because my guests are giving me their time for free as well. So it's nice to know that I'm giving them some kind of a platform, even if it's just small. So I just want to ask if you are liking what you're hearing, that you subscribe to my podcast on the apps and on YouTube as well. And if you like it and you think your friends will enjoy it, give it a share on social media for me as well, because you guys are the ones that are going to help me spread the word about it and help it grow. So yeah, just want to say thanks for that. Okay, so this week, my guest this week is singer-songwriter Jer O'Hanlon from Cork. We chatted about how an active imagination comes in handy when songwriting, about how the rise of social media has influenced artists like Jer, and about his previous releases and what's to come in the future. So where are you now? Are you in Cork or are you in Dublin? So at the moment now, I'm just in Cork. Um, I moved down about two or three days ago because my contract was up in Dublin. <laughs> so oh, I was what were like, you doing? Okay, we need um, it was just the accommodation up there. So I was working on music with people. So yeah. I decided for the couple of months while I was there, I'd actually not going to waste money. I just moved down the second the lockdown comes. I'll just stay until it's done so I can get all my work done. And then I moved back down. So I'm only back down two, three days, I'd say. Oh, grand. And are you back in your parents' parents' house or whatever now? I am. I'm back yeah. in the parents' house now, but um, I'm back house hunting again now. I'm going to hopefully try to move to the city for the year. Thinking of taking a year out of college and just working on my music for the year, working on myself, just because with the pandemic, I feel like why not work on yourself for the year? I feel like since my college up in BIM is so like interactive and performance wise and I'm not doing that, I'm like, well, I might as well take the year out and do something else instead. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I was just in my, I was thinking, I knew you switched colleges. You were in Limerick first, was it? Yeah, I was in the University of Limerick doing the performing arts from about 2017 to start of 2019. And then mm. the September-ish, October time, then I went up to Dublin and I started studying in BIM. And what made you change over? Um, I think for me, BIM was much more commercial um, a much more modern and I felt like I definitely wanted to do more the performing and releasing my own music and I felt like UL was much more if you liked traditional Irish music or classical mm -hmm. or like musical theatre which I did like but mm -hmm. it wasn't like my full passion which was like writing and recording my own music. Yeah that makes total sense and you probably got a really like good foundation being in in in, uh, in is it UL you were in? Yeah, in UL. Yeah, like having no, a really good foundation the... of music theory and stuff, so. Oh, exactly, yeah, which I needed because um, when I did the audition, they were like, will you have two years? We'll see what you're capable for. And if we feel you're more capable, we can jump you into the second year instead of starting all over again. And that's what happened then. So they were like, you can go straight into the second year. And I was like, great, I don't have to start the course all over again. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> Because yeah. college is tough. It's so tough, like, do you know what I mean? It is. I don't know if you know, but I went back to college last year myself as well. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck. I went back to um, Cork School of Music, so I know exactly what you're going through. <laughs> oh, my God. Cork School. And I, have you gone back into the first year, the second year? or? I, um, I, I started in first year. So I actually did a foundation certificate in BIM. And like, I'm, I'm a bit older, though. I'm in my 30s. like So I've got a few diplomas under my belt, but... Um, CSM is much heavier on music theory and stuff like that. So like when I went in for my exam for second year, Definitely. I was like, I don't have a clue of any of this stuff. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh my God. Welcome to my life. I walked into BIM and they had done stuff we hadn't done, but then there was stuff I had done that they hadn't. So I was kind of like, I'll help you if you help me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, and but I love CIT because I know a good few of them there. Like I know Trish and stuff now from when I was like judging like Teen Idol and stuff now the competitions mm. in Cork and we would have been on the panel and stuff together and they're just it's an amazing school I have very good friends up there and how come you didn't go there as opposed to BIM um well I actually did audition for it first but okay. I felt myself that I wanted to kind of branch out a little bit from Cork yeah. and try to get more connections because I knew a lot of them in the in the college already um mm. but I did do an audition for it and I did I actually did an audition for a lot of music colleges and I initially thought I was going to go into primary teaching which is really weird now thinking okay, about it right. yeah I literally I was kind of like okay I'll, I'll give like Mary o, Mary always says Mary I a go and um then I was like 
I don't know why you're doing that. Like, why, why aren't you just doing music? So I did that. And I felt like going to Limerick would definitely get me more connections. And just, it was like a new start and like a new adventure because I knew the yeah. music scene really in Cork for well, basically living here my entire life. So <laughs> yeah, it makes so much sense because like anyone who has been to college or anyone who's, who's working in music at all would say like, it's so important to have a network. Do you know, so you made a really smart decision, I think, by going to a new place because you already had a yeah. bit of a network in Cork, which is great. Exactly. Now you've twice the amount. <laughs> I nearly have three as well because when mm. I went to Dublin as well, like I feel like I've gotten I've gotten a taste of everything now, and they'd yeah. be like big enough counties in Ireland. Well, two of the biggest, <laughs> but you know, I just feel like for me personally, getting the connections and getting my name out there to me is just as important as getting a degree because one getting a degree is one thing but the connections are so important and especially down the line of work that I want to go down as well yeah you're you're a hundred percent right I was chatting mm. to um do you know Toshin or Toshin? oh Toshin yes yeah, Toshin. yeah um she's she like in actually, fourth year yeah sorry yeah she was actually my peer mentor um when I went up she was like one of the first people I met when I went there she's so so lovely her music is amazing oh my god I know I'm in like I'm in just in love with that girl and her voice like she's just mm. un unbelievable like soulful and just oh, everything that I right love about music <laughs> exactly and lovely lovely girl as well and they're doing so well as well and she's honestly she was so helpful as well when I moved up to them she oh. texts you she's like how are you keeping oh. are you lost do you need help but I'm like I actually love this girl so much Oh, but um, so they're also they were all so helpful up there as well. So it made the move a little bit easier as well. Yeah, and so have you kind of launched into like the whole? Oh no, but your COVID and everything. I was going to say, have you launched into the whole college gig thing and stuff like that? You haven't probably been able to. With we did, we did one or two. Um, mm. when I was up in them, um, they did Wheelands and they did um Workmen's and they did. Um, oh my god what's the place called I can't think of it it'll come to me later but we did one or two anyway and they were really really good like and it was it was oh button factory that's what it's oh, called the yeah, button factory. I yeah. was like what is it called but um no it was really really good to get the kind of the I suppose the feel for like you are a professional performer now this is the way things need to be you need to come in you need to have your rehearsal you need to go you need to be ready like everything like one after the other so I definitely got a taste for it and I loved it so I was like oh my god absolutely have to do this yeah so I, I think it was fun yeah it was really really good I was going to say how how has that kind of how have they changed the course delivery since COVID it's very much all online now for mm -hmm. the first maybe month they were trying to get people to come in and out but I think with, there was so many restrictions coming in that they were like the safest thing to do is keep it online yeah. but what they're doing at the moment is they're trying to make it very collaborative so you're working with people at the same time and you're learning like like one of my modules is studio recording mm. so we're working on like figuring out like different dolls like logic and pro tools and stuff so that is fun because that's something I've always wanted to do like I want to be very as independent as possible in my own music to learn how to mm. produce and because I write all my own songs like for me like mm. lyrics are like the thing I don't even think about the melody first I'm like lyrics lyrics really? lyrics yeah. always lyrics first and then I adapt my lyrics to whatever I feel the sound needs to be and I'd be like not that chord not that and then some of I'm like that is the chord that is the entire feel I'm going for and that's what we kind of do in studio musicianship and studio recording up there too and it's definitely beneficial, I feel, because I felt like a lot of people were like, they missed the performing side, but doing this is also giving them a little bit more, you know, tools in the box as well, like for, yeah. you know, after college, really like when you, if people want to go down the line of being professional recording artists and stuff like that. So it's definitely beneficial. I love doing that side of it as well. It can be stressful, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I find the same, like I, like, would have called myself a bit of a technophobe um but I was so happy and excited to like have that module in my course because it's something I always wanted to do but just I don't know why I made it a bigger deal in my head than I than it actually is but it, it can be stressful sometimes but it's so satisfying when you, you can get it to work and you can kind of create yeah. something from it yeah, I, I love just the creating side of things. And you're like, oh my God, I found a new sound. Maybe that will sound cool. And this song that I just have not finished and it's been in like the box for like 
10 months and I just haven't touched it. And then you find that one sound, you're like, oh my God, that might go really well with that song. I tried to write and gave up about 10 months ago. And then I'm like, oh, now it's time maybe. So I love the creative process of figuring out new things. And it's really satisfying as well when you know that you've done it yourself and you're like, oh, you feel like you've achieved something really good. 100%. And last year you really, no, this year was it? Yeah, this year you released um, When Ash Turns to Dust. Yes, Ash Turns Into Diamond, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, Ash Turns Into Diamond, is it? <laughs> Most people <laughs> think Ash Turns I think I filled that in in my brain, like, by accident. <laughs> <laughs> You're grand. Ash Turns I mean, Diamond, yeah. Yes, yes. That's so lovely. I always say that, that, that saying, um, um, you know, if someone says they're stressed, I was like, well, diamonds formed under pressure, you know? <laughs> exactly. So. And I think that was the, the whole purpose of the song when I was writing it. It was very kind of like... I think everybody, especially this year, has kind of like gone more into themselves and like the discovering things about themselves and kind of putting all the negative energy aside. And mm -hmm. that's definitely something I did or trying to do anyway. Um, but though I think the whole concept of the song was that regardless of how much people break you down into this thing that seems pointless, after what you do build up this kind of tolerance for people like that and scenarios and in the end, you always actually come out better on the other side because you're more aware of situations and things you felt before you mightn't be able to handle. But now you've come out the side a much more stronger person, e.g. Ash turning into diamonds. So yeah. I thought that'd be a really cool name for us. I love it. I, I really, really loved it. Loved the, the title. I, I knew what the, the sentiment was behind it, although I got the word <laughs> or one word wrong. Um, and I was having a, like, I've, I've heard the songs as you as you were releasing them, like, but... A lot of the songs are very like hopeful messages, messages of kind of um, kind of support. Where did your inspiration come for the songs this year? Or did you write um, them this year? I well, I wrote most of them around June, July last year. Yeah, I have so many songs I've written that are very similar in in, I suppose, topic. Um, but also quite different. They're addressing different things because I feel like personally in the music industry now, there's so much songs about sex and love and all this stuff and that's been done. But I feel like we need to, and I want to as an LGBT artist, as an artist that's a little bit bigger, an artist that's just different. Mm -hmm. I want to write music in support of people that feel they don't have a voice. And I know that might be very cliche, but it's really hard in this in industry when pretty privilege is very much a thing as well, where people forget that good looks and talents don't match up. But yeah. unfortunately, sex sells and stuff. So I want to really get away from that and mm. kind of go down more the track of, okay, we're a little bit different, but we're still really cool. And here's my message to you. That's a little bit different to everything else you're listening to. And if you like it, great. But if you don't, that's okay too. But to me, I feel like, and I heard Lady Gaga say it in an interview, it's very much, I'm giving a gift out to someone of not everyone's going to like it, but that one person, that song could mean everything too. And I know for me, it saved me. I think in the lockdown, writing those songs when I really, really needed to write them for myself and for other people if they needed them. So I think that was the whole point behind writing all those songs. So yeah, yeah and there's a lot more <laughs> where that came from. We're taking a little bit of a turn, a little bit of a turn with the next few songs, um, but also keeping in the same line of, you know, positivity and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that will go well. <laughs> and like, are you do you just write all the time all the time yeah so like, like you're like practicing that skill all the time absolutely I feel like I'm going to write like 10 really bad songs and then there might be one or there might be two songs that are kind of medium and then I'll squish them together because they're quite similar mm -hmm. and then I'm like okay now I have a decent song so I'm definitely writing all the time inspiration comes out of the most random things as well like I could see an apple and I'm like it's a nice looking apple, like weird things. And then I'm just like, I think of something like, okay, apple, I'm thinking Snow White, I'm thinking Poisonous. Why don't we make this a metaphor in a song like something like I took the bite out of this poison apple and you were the one that made me, I don't know, something like, you know, something, I always take inspiration out of the most random things because I feel like I see art in like, literally everything like I love watching dance I love watching people make music I love watching acting and how 
creativity can be done in so many different ways. And I just take inspiration from literally the most random things. So I think that's, it's a good skill to be able to look at the world a little bit differently. Um, I love that. Instead of always looking at like, okay, that's a chair. It's made of wood. Okay, what else can I do? And I'm like, when you sit in it, it's a stable thing. Do you know what I mean? And I look at things in a very different way that other people might see them, which I think to me is powerful, if you get me. And it's just, because I don't like looking at things. I never look at myself the same way each day when I wake up. So I'd like to think that people don't look at other things the same way. So that's kind of where all my songwriting comes from. Like, there's so many different ways that you can approach, like, just portray anything in life like you're saying a cloth like what's a cloth oh it's something that it can wash something it can comfort you it's something you put over you like a blanket like Mm. like there's so many different ways to look at things like or like how long did that take to like sew that or weave that and I just find things like that so fascinating that are so ordinary to most people but I'm like if you look into a little bit more and I'm like that with people as well like on the outside like if someone might be shy and I'm like are we we sure we're seeing all of us do you know what I mean Mm. so I think that's very interesting you know I think being appreciative of like that was just not the right word appreciative of like all the like most random things that we like take for granted do you know what I mean yeah Um, like when I'm like writing I would say melodies come to me more than than lyrics do like I do find it very difficult sometimes to to put my thoughts into into words that would like kind of sing well any tips Mm -hmm. for how would you get started any tips for anybody who is looking to write how what would you advise them what's the juror technique honestly I think writing is very subjective for everyone so personally for me, I just throw down whatever the hell I'm feeling in that moment. <laughs> if yeah. I'm feeling bad, I'm going to write, I feel bad. And I'll write that in about 10 different ways and then be like, okay, I'm going to leave that now. I might come back to it. I think just actually starting to write something because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to be too like intimate with people and I, I don't want to write down what I'm feeling because, oh my God, what if someone finds it? But like, I think the thing that most people forget is like people love relatability yeah. and being able to see a side of you that you don't show other people quite often. So I think actually just sitting down and really just writing how you feel in that moment, regardless if the, if it doesn't rhyme or if it doesn't make any sense in that moment, write down words that you associate with it. Like for me, I think that's so powerful to just actually get the courage of to write down what you're feeling in that moment. Because I think we've gone into... Like, we're a society that doesn't, like, we're a very open society, but also we're not as open as we think we are. Yeah. So I think actually just sitting down and being like, okay, this is how I feel. Treat it like you're talking to, like, a therapist. Because for me, it's very, like, therapy. Yeah, it's really interesting that you said that because I was having a list. I always, if I have any artists on, I always listen to their music to get me in the mood for the podcast. Um, yeah. For the chat. But I was listening to your to your most recent EP and... It's funny that you said it because it was the lyrics that stood out to me. Uh, it really caught me. Um, you were talking about um, suffocating and you 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 just said um, it's been a year of therapy or something like that. Yeah. Like the first line of the song, I think. And I it just really yeah. grabbed me straight away. And I was just like, that's so honest just to write it so plainly. And just, yeah, it was he, he wrote it just as it was. And I, it really stood yeah. out to me. I just felt like like you said, writing it as it is, because there's no other way for me to sugarcoat it. It's like, that's how I felt. That's what it was. And like, for me, it wasn't even actually a physical going to therapy. It was me on my own mind trying to be my own therapist Mm, and trying to figure out like a year of like struggling with this and trying to actually figure out myself what's kind of going on in my mind. And I felt like being open and honest with that for me actually just helped me. And that song means so much to me Mm. it's so to me it's my favorite one that I've written because I feel like it really summed up how shit I was feeling really for the entire lockdown and bits beforehand like so for me that song is my like hello by Adele that's my song that I'm like that means a lot to me um so I felt like I needed that and the amount of people afterwards who text me saying like oh, I needed that and I'm like girl preach same that's why I wrote it <laughs> I I just loved it I I really do and I think um it's definitely something to 
to take heed to is like just write what you feel because I know for me I second second think everything I write I'm like no this isn't artistic enough or this isn't eloquent enough or yeah you know I'm like I don't know where it came from but I I but I just know that when I heard the lyrics of that song and specifically that song that was it really stood out to me and it was mm-hmm. just the way you wrote it so mm-hmm. I want to ask you if you if you're okay talking about it a little bit about like anxiety or depression like I don't know if you've gone through both or or one or the other but I, mm-hmm. I was kind of gathering from your lyrics that maybe there was something there was some kind of struggle there um mm-hmm. with your mental health perhaps and I, I wanted to ask did that have any like negative outcomes on you as a person as an artist and on your actual voice did it affect you negatively anyway um I think now I'm coping a lot better with it but the last few months ago like around actually probably this time last year is Mm -hmm. when it dipped really really badly um I never actually thought I had anxiety or anything like that until I was actually like felt very alone and I think a lot of people did in the lockdown and I would end up shaking, like couldn't concentrate. I'd throw on something. I couldn't look at it. I'd feel sick. I'd feel nauseous. Mm. Like I couldn't actually sit down with my own thoughts for a few minutes without feeling like I was about to crack up. So I felt like it actually, like I'm so fine talking about this as well. Like I know I probably abused alcohol a bit too much over mm. the lockdown. I think maybe a good few people did I I anything to get me out of the thing I was jumping on same cause like let's have drinks let's have drinks let's have drinks um I started smoking yeah I started smoking not good for me so in the retrospect of my voice changing it did it's after getting a lot lower and raspier um so I'm currently on the battle of stopping that now um just for my own health to be quite honest um that's why I said for myself like if I take a year out from BIM I have a year of pause so I can actually reflect on these things and just kind of get myself a little bit more on track, you know. But I feel like anxiety and depression and stuff like that is definitely something that's kind of core of my songs, but not so much in a way that I want to make everyone feel sad, but more like this is something you can talk about and we can talk about. And my friends and my family were amazing when I felt at my lowest. And it's so funny, like, because everyone knows, like, I'm a bubbly, happy person. I always try to be like oh, hi, guys, I'm here because I don't want anyone feeling like I felt. So I always try to make other people a lot happier because I'm like, I don't want you feeling like this because it's not a fun time in your own head. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the way I write my music to as a therapy for me and as a therapy for others. But yeah, anxiety and depression, not fun, but we're coping. We're getting there, which is great. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm out the other side of it. I'm out of the worst of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like they can't get out of it. And I'm not going to lie, I dipped maybe two or three days ago again, but now I'm fine again. Yeah. So I think it's a constant thing. But knowing that like you have a support system is always really important because people forget that there is people who actually are looking out for you um, yeah. and not to block them out. Actually, just have a sit down with them and be like, look, this is what's going on. This is what I need right now. I might need some space. I might need more people around me. Um, so I think it's long as people understand that yeah and I think um it's it's I think the people who have been through a hard time or you know anyone who was maybe bullied in school or who just have gone through anxiety or depression or any low times or in general are are, are very empathetic towards other people they, they tend yeah. to be you know because I'd be like you I, I just I just wouldn't want to make anyone else feel the way I felt in the past either like it, it kind yeah. of I, I think I'm almost over emotional about it because I can know how that feels like, you know. So I want to like protect everyone. And I think yeah. the way you write your songs is is kind of leading by example. It's kind of saying mm-hmm. like, just it's okay, like this is okay. We're here for each other, you're not alone. And talk about it. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know? And I feel like exactly what you're saying, like people who've gone through things are much more empaths and I know that's for me because I've gone through hell and back in my teenage years Mm -hmm. from like being in foster care to coming out to figuring out what I wanted to do with life being told I wasn't a good singer like things like that that would really shut you down oh god I went through the racks and I always think like 
my situation isn't worse than anyone else. There's always someone 10 million times worse than you, but everyone's problem is their biggest at the time. Yeah. So I feel like I can understand things from a lot of other perspectives that people might see it from because mm-hmm. I've been through stuff most teenagers will go through, but also stuff that they shouldn't go through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think being aware of that and moving on from that is also really, it, it shows the kind of person you are as well and how you're trying to grow as a person now and how you're not letting that, like, because you always hear some people and they're like, well, this happened to me a few years ago and this and this, and I always use it as an excuse. And yes, some people might find that as a coping, but for me, I'm like, okay, that happened. Let's move on. Let's do this instead. If something bad happened to me, let's turn it into a good situation. I went through all those rough times. I turned them into songs to help other people. And I feel like that's the way I cope with things. Yeah. I'm not saying that's the way everyone should or the way everyone can. But at that moment in time, I felt like this is what I want to do with that situation. As my kind of like, it's happened. Let's make something good out of something that was shitty, basically. <laughs> yeah. And like one of, one of the things that I suppose like, I know you for is singing emotively mm-hmm. you know you're so like you're you're so in everything you sing mm-hmm. like where like that obviously comes from all the things that you've been through you know that the, the things mm-hmm. that you've been through have kind of colored that and like help you connect with the song and another question I was going to ask was how do you because some of your songs are quite deep um how do you prepare yourself mentally for performing these songs or even going into the studio to record them? I think when I'm going into the studio, I'm usually, sometimes the song won't be completely written. So I'm actually writing as I'm going or I'm trying to figure out, okay, maybe I have to change something because I might actually just get a little bit too choked up when I'm trying to record. Like suffocating, the first few lines, you can tell I'm not feeling it, like I'm feeling it, but I'm feeling it a bit too much where I actually Mm -hmm. can't even get out some of the, I'm cutting the words because it's just air that's coming out because I'm like, here, that's probably the best we're going to get that take, but it's also, I feel like people can feel the emotion. So when I'm performing live, I haven't performed. (laughs) Sorry, I I was just um, saying, is that a word? I said realist. Oh, yes. The realist. (laughs) But I feel like I haven't really gotten a chance to perform the songs live, but in other songs that I have um, sang live that mean a lot to me, um, I do feel like I need to mentally prepare myself that like, you need to be emotive. You need to think about this because you want people to feel it. But also at the same time, I don't let myself feel it too much because I'm like, I'm not going to stop halfway through the song <laughs> and start sobbing. But if that yeah. does happen as well, it's real. And I'm very fine with that too. Oh my God. It it's actually happened to me before. Um, I was singing a song for an audition for something, and um, I had just gone through a breakup, and it was I'd rather go blind, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I started bawling. I was I just co- I I really was tr- I was trying to like draw on what I, draw on it a bit, but it, it just it was I was mortified. But at the same time, I was like it is what it is like I'm a human and that's yeah what happens sometimes so it happened to me once when I did a singing competition a few years ago and I did Jealous by Labyrinth oh yeah similar situation and I was just the last chorus was just me crying the entire you could hear like wasn't on pitch for anything but like you could feel I was just like if I was in my bedroom screaming at the song that's exactly what was happening on stage oh my god yeah um, you know, you're very good on social media. You're and I've you've started using TikTok over the, probably I don't know you're probably using it before lockdown, but I've noticed that you've been using it a lot more over lockdown. Yeah, I'm definitely more active on it. Yeah. yeah. How has social media influenced you as an artist or as a vocalist? Uh as a vocalist, it's made me very much wanting to better my skill because. Obviously, you're always going to find people that are better than you. So I'm like, okay, I want to see, can I do that? I want to try this. If I can't do it, it's something I can set a goal for myself. So I think vocally, it's made me like competitive, but in a good, healthy way um, to try and get my, not so much like, I don't care about views. Like, okay, one video gets 200, the other one gets 200,000. Doesn't bother me. Like half my videos the last, what, week haven't even gotten over 100. And I'm very okay with that. But as long as I can feel personal growth and physical growth in 
the the way my vocals are and stuff like like there's always new vocal singing challenges coming out and I'm like I'm gonna try that I'm gonna try that run I'm gonna try that high note and if I can do it great um in the actual emotional and the way I'm looking at social media more I feel like I, I think people need to get into the mind that like social media isn't real mm. like that's not like I'm seeing things and like yeah that person looks happy but like how do you know how they're feeling after this like people need to kind of I think get over the fact that like this is not real it's not the real life at all I always think of social media as like an alternate universe 100% it's so such an alternate universe like like there's so much stuff that's going on there that like if you think about it when you get an internet troll like will that person say that to your face probably not yeah it's a really different alternate reality and I think people feel like they have a power on it Hmm. they don't they have power to an extent cowardly it's like the wizard of oz they're hiding behind a curtain like exactly like for me if i need to say something to someone you're gonna hear it to your face and you're gonna hear it there and then i'm not a person to beat around the bush i don't believe in that i think i hate talking about people behind their back i don't do it i think it's snaky and i'm like i think you should have the balls to go up to someone and be like this is my opinion how do you feel about it and i think people feel like because they can be so anonymous online that they can do and say whatever the hell they want Mm. well doesn't phase me in the slightest because I'm like I know you wouldn't say that to me you can have your opinion you're entitled to it is it going to affect me are you my family are you my friend no so do I care not particularly (laughs) have you had any abuse online uh not so much in the past few months but like a few years ago I would have so I I have this tolerance built up for years of it so it doesn't bother me too much now like, you might get, like, you're not good. So I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. I'm not yeah. going to please all 7 billion people in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh, I think, yeah, I think ahead, once people kind of get into that mindset that, like, you can't please everyone. Some people are going to like this sound. Some people are going to like another. Some people just won't like you as a person. And that's very fine, too. Like, regardless of how nice you are, there's just some bitter people. And that's fine, too. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know, though, like... I do feel that like it's more of a more revealing towards the people who are acting that way than it is yeah. to the person that they're acting it to. You know, they mm-hmm. obviously are insecure and haven't been shown love and haven't been shown support the way yeah. that they that maybe they see other people um receiving online, you know. So but I also am a believer in if you have something negative to say, then offer a solution to go with it. Don't just say yeah. you are bad. You say I liked this. I didn't like this. You know, why don't you look at this video of my helper? You know, offer some kind of solution or some kind of encouragement. Yeah, exactly. Mean about it. Yeah, like, like it's not constructive in the slightest. It's just like you're bad. I'm like, okay, what part was bad? Is it just bad that you don't like my hair in the video? Do you Mm. not like the song? Like, it's not specific enough for me to know what is bad. Do you know, and then someone are like, you're just bad, like, and I'm like, okay, thank you. Not helpful, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what to say to them. I but, know. Uh, yeah. It's so it's great that like, you, I was going to say, it's yeah, so great like, that you have that resilience kind of built up. Yeah, like to me, oh God, I take everything with a pinch of salt. I take on constructive criticism all the time. I'm not a person to be like, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. I am, but only... If it's like not constructive, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. If it's constructive, I'll take it on board, no problem. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll try that. But I think if it's totally just deconstructive and just horrible, I'm like, oh god, I've no time for you, honey. No time. <laughs> yes, and that is that's that's the right way to be. But like, yeah. you know, not everyone is is as resilient as that. So you know, yeah. But sometimes though, it does get to people. you. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, though, it does get to you. Like, there might be a flurry of them in one go, and you're like, okay, that wasn't particularly nice. I'm, am I going to retaliate? No, because that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Am I going to delete the comments? Yes. <laughs> Come here. Um, when you're putting up stuff online, like, do you just record it and put it up? Or do you, do you like, take loads of takes? And, like, are you really picky about what you put up? Or kind of, yeah, how does that if work for you? you saw my camera roll, it's... <laughs> thousands of videos of just the same recording over and over and over because I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to what I'm putting online but I think over the last 
again, last couple of months have really changed my mindset with everything. The last couple of months have been like, you can't be perfect all the time. So just throw it up. Stop overthinking it. Mm. Okay, you hit a really bad note, Matt. Who cares? Throw it up anyway. The, the usual person's not going to listen to that and be like, oh my God, that was an awful note. And if they do, oh well, at least you know it yourself too. Do you know what I mean? So I just think being a little bit less... Because like always, like I like things that are not completely perfect for other people. But then when it comes to me, I'm such like it needs to be perfect. And I think I need to get out of the mindset of, okay... You don't sound great today. That's fine. You might sound great tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think being not such a perfectionist online and even in person, because you're going to mess up and that's just going to happen and you're just going to kick yourself. And there's no point in doing that because there's going to be a thousand other people online who will probably do that for you. So why kick yourself? Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, like, pe- obviously, like, you know, we- we're hearing like a very high standard of recording artists online all the time and and that's what people tend to compare themselves to but like do do, you, do people ever go on and listen to the live versions of those songs like they're they're some of them are still amazing but they're not always perfect and and that's okay because they're not robots like Absolutely. they have studio magic to make it perfect like do you know what I mean yeah. you have that when you're doing a live gig and like we both know ourselves like you don't even need to be able to sing now to have have a record deal or anything like you yeah. don't have to have any of it like so I think a lot of people need to get out of the thing of like that's a lot of that is very much studio magic like you said like you know there's only so much the human voice can do that live like you know we have our our limits whereas the studio doesn't you know where did you record your music or do you do it yourself or who do you work with uh I work with my friend Kean, uh Kean O'Donoghue and for my first single I worked with a guy called Fiona, Fiona O'Brien <laughs> uh, or Fob Beats amazing lovely lovely dude um, but the person I work with all the time for writing my songs um, and now producing is my friend Keen O'Donoghue. So talented, so lovely. I met him when I moved to BIM okay. um, and we're constantly working on music together. So we wrote Suffocating together. He got the melody, I got the lyrics. Uh, we wrote When Ash Turns to Diamond together. Uh, we wrote To Be With Him together. Uh, Prisoner then I wrote my own as my like last kind of second of kind of like I'm angry with the government yeah. <laughs> um, and the world the other one then they were like collabs that I did um, were co- co-written with other people but my main main person is um, my friend Kian um, and we sit down for hours and it was Zoom calls now is what we're doing mm-hmm. um, we kind of just he'll send me like this is a nice chord progression what do you think I might write something to it I'm like yeah, I'm not feeling that now mm-hmm. uh, we've very much gone into the we're going to start writing a lot of bops now instead of the sad ones we've gone into more like okay yeah. let's make it a little bit more fun for people yeah. now do you know so that's what we're working with now so we're experimenting with so many sounds from Miley Cyrus to Dua Lipa to Billie Eilish to like the much more upbeat kind of well I wouldn't really say Billie Eilish is extremely upbeat but you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> like yeah. bad guy kind of things you know less kind of ballady maybe yeah a little yeah. bit more kind of like diamond Sam Smith because I'm always getting the yeah. Sam Smith comparison so very much the diamond Sam Smith a little bit more up, upbeat like or like how do you sleep or promises that kind of a vibe now is mm. much more what I'm going down by the way, that I forget who it was, but you posted something the other day on your Instagram feed about the guy who sounds like you. <gasps> Stop. He was like a twin. <laughs> your voice twin. Someone sent, someone sent that to me, I think over a year ago, and I forgot about it. And I never posted about it. I was like, haha, that's really funny. And then I heard it again, but a different video. And I was like, why does that sound exactly like I me? I was kind of like, well, one, I was kind of like blown away because I was like, he won the Australian X Factor. I was like, oh my God, I can win the X Factor. I was kind of like, everyone says I sound like him and oh my God, I could win the X Factor and he wins on the Eurovision. I was kind of like, well, if he can do it, why can't I? Do you know what I mean? Have so you ever gone me, for... Uh, sorry, I was um, I think a few years ago, I auditioned for like The Voice and stuff, but... One, I don't think actually I would have been mentally prepared to go on because I know a lot of people who've been on The Voice and stuff now mm-hmm. on X Factor. So I don't think back then I would have been prepared. Now, 100%. I'd be so ready for that. Oh my God, do I want to do, that? do I want to do those another thing? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the best career move because I find a lot of people might be slightly deadened by that afterwards. Like if you don't... If they like if you don't go anywhere kind of a thing now I'm not saying that's always what happens but yeah. I don't know if that's something I want to do now 
uh, maybe in a few years' time, maybe my much more mid-20s, maybe late-20s. We'll see, maybe. Like, I'm only 22 now. I have plenty of time to yeah. figure out all that. Like, so, I don't know, maybe. I think it'd be fun. M- much more the voice or something. Yeah. I uh, don't think I'd be going for X Factor or something like that. I think that's too much about the story, and that's not my not my thing yeah but the voice definitely because I'm very like vocals 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 <laughs> yeah like but you know like the, it's a weird like well I think I think you would do so well in it because you know you're of a a genre of music that they that they like and you're amazing amazing vocalist like there's no doubt that they, that they turn to you but I know exactly like what what you mean about you don't know how it would have what kind of long-term effects it would have on you as an artist because that's the same reason why I didn't go for it as well because I was yeah like, I don't know if 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 it's if it's that beneficial in the long run and like am I in the same like I haven't chatted to like a good few people now who've who've done the voice and um like once they're once your 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 season is over they forget about you like you know that they, they don't stay yeah. in Victoria and like give you record deals the, and all the rest honestly of the only person I can think of that came from the voice or something was Lauren Alred who sang Never Enough in The Greatest Showman Okay, right. I didn't know she came from one of those shows. Yeah, she came from The Voice. I think it was like the German one or something. But like, that's genuinely the only person I can think of. Oh, um, Will Young. Didn't he come from one of those? Was it Will Young? Remember him years ago? Oh, God, probably. uh, You were probably too young. Probably. uh, (laughs) I'm just thinking more like the line of like The Voice now. Like, and the only other people I can think of is there's Zoe or something is her name. And she has the one, you know, I don't want to lose control. Yeah, or something like that. Is that her name? The girl with the dreadlocks. Oh, oh, Javaya. She was on the four. That's a different thing. There's there's a girl who sings this song called Control, and it's so, so good. And I know she came from it. I can't really think of anyone else, but I love the four. Javaya, unbelievable. I love, like, the accent she has as well. And, oh, Mm. obsessed with her. Yeah, she, like, she's amazing. I was, like, blown away when I heard her first. And she did the um, A Whole New World with Zayn. As well, when that came out. Oh, I don't think I, I um, I heard for the that. new um Aladdin mu- or movie when that came out a few years ago. Oh wow! That yeah, they did the remake of that. It was so good. Yeah, but you know what though? Um, um, we're just going back to the social media thing, and and even I don't know if you watched the Britney documentary yet. Did you watch it? I haven't. I planned on watching it tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah, I watched it last night. I stayed up past my bedtime just because I was afraid they'd take it down off YouTube. Um, but I won't spoil it for you. But um, but they were. I don't know if I read this online after the, watching it or if it was actually in it or not. Um, but they were talking about about the control, like um, Britney's team With her had dad as her. well. Yeah. And her dad and all of that and then he lost apparently he lost yeah, that battle I, seen it today, yeah. I saw that today yeah which is amazing news I think for her like you know yeah. what I mean she's old enough to look after herself like she's well capable yeah but somebody mentioned along the way anyway that she with with the with the boom of social media now she can create her own image and she gets to present whatever she wants to to the public now it's not just what the papers mm-hmm. write about her which I think is so powerful exactly. so like social media can have such a beneficial effect as well because it gives yeah. artists their power back yeah they they get to show what they want to show and it can't really be twisted because everyone has seen it yeah. you know but now sometimes it can but like to a point it can't really be they, they, whatever they put out it's them putting out it's their own backlash if something goes wrong do you know yeah. yeah but instead of them getting random stories and stuff like that this is like well you did post this so do you know <laughs> I know and I'm going to skip now a little bit so can you tell us a little bit about your your vocal training and kind of how kind of your musical education in general has kind of molded you into the the creature you are today. <laughs> the creature. Um, I think I, when I was younger, I loved like Christina Aguilera. And that was the first CD I got as well. So I was always trying to mimic her runs and everything. Mm. Like from like a young age, of, like four or five, being like, I wow. love this woman, you know. Um, and then I think when I was about 13, I heard Mariah Carey's Vision of Love for the first time. And I was hooked. Like, yes hooked like I was like oh my god I want to become a singer so I begged my mom and dad to take me to lessons I had 
and ability to a point, but it's definitely not where my standard is now. Like, so I started in VoiceWorks in about, I'd say about 2014, I started there. And I went there for about two years up in Cork and I had Gemma Sugar mm. as one of my coaches and Dara Keery. Mm. And then for my leaving cert year, then I went to Lisa Curran down in Killarney then because I live in Middle Street. So it was closer for me with my leaving cert year. Yeah. So, and yeah, I prepared for my leaving cert music and stuff. And I did a lot of gigs like the Summer Breeze sessions in Fitzgerald's Park, performed at Pride, all opportunities I was given through the, the school. Wow. Um, and then I met Trish Rooney then um, from CIT through mm. singing competitions and stuff and through my best friend Anya Carroll, amazing singer as well, a little plug oh, for Anya. Yeah. Um, and I met her then through competitions and stuff and she introduced me to the likes of like Keith Hanley, who was the first winner of The Voice of Ireland. Okay. And then I did other competitions and I, I started building my little network of people. Yeah. Um, and then I decided then I would start in a UL and I went to the to the Irish World Academy there for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot of I got to perform for the president of UL. We did a carpool karaoke. Um, oh, that's God, cool. So many oh, I think I've yeah. seen that, actually. Did you post yeah. that? On, yeah, I think I've seen that. They posted did you change it on your social page? media? Did you like no. start a new account or something? So what happened with my social media? I've never been sadder. So about Christmas last year, Christmas 2019, I had posted two singing videos with this new thing. I think it was like a Sing King or something with the backing track of them. Apparently it went against the guidelines of Instagram and they deleted my account. Instead of deleting the videos, um, I tried for about a month to get it back and I couldn't. So I was like, okay, I guess we're going to have to start a new account. So I built it up since and I had about 5k people on the last account, but we're yeah. at 3k in about a year. Yeah. So I'm very happy with that. We're getting back up anyway. So yeah, it was that was really, I suppose, kind of disheartening because I'd worked really hard to get the following on it. Yeah. And but sure look, it happens. I was wondering, <laughs> like, because I I I I don't know when I noticed it, but I was like, I just noticed that you had didn't have like it looked like you only had a few pictures. I was like, I'm pretty sure you had more than this before. And there was, I don't oh, remember yeah. what, but there was definitely videos I had watched on your page that weren't there anymore. And I was like, maybe he just decided to start oh, fresh, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, there was so many. And I wish, I wish the account was still there because I had so many people that I still can't find. Like people, oh. and I keep hashtagging things I might have hashtagged before for fear that they might see it again. And I just can't find some of them. And I've made like lovely, lovely connections on it yeah. as well. And I, I couldn't even remember what their handle was or anything. So... I've I found know. a few of them. Some of them have found me and they've been like, did you delete your account? Did you block me? And I'm like, no, I didn't, I swear. <laughs> oh, bless. That's, that's so sad. Oh my God. So I found a lot of them again, thank God. Um, yeah. And I've met up with a lot of them since, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you were saying you were in, in UL and then you went to BIM and you're in, is it third year you are now? Are you in third, third year? Third year in BIM now, yeah. Yeah. And... What have you got any plans for when you finish? Do you know kind of where you're going with it or? Uh, I definitely think I am going to be moving to London or LA 100% when I'm done that. Now, I told myself this year, like, because I'm not really sure, like, will I finish out this year yet? I've only got a few months. I might as well. But I'm definitely going to take a gap here in the next year anyway, just with COVID. I might as well do something for myself. Yeah. Uh, I won't be traveling, but like, you know, just do little things that I mightn't get the actual opportunity to do. Like, I still haven't got my driver's license. Oh. Olivia Rodrigo, girl, I'm coming Do you drive? <laughs> no, I, don't, I haven't even done my theory test. I haven't okay. had time yeah. with how much I've moved. I'm a college and preparations for auditions when I was younger and I just didn't have time. So that's something I want to knock off the agenda. Yeah. Um, I want to learn how to play guitar for the year. I want to do that on my own. Wow. Um, I kind of just want to work as well for the year, work on my music, work on my album. Hint, hint, there's an album coming. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what I want to do for the year, just to give myself a little bit of a break from constantly worrying about assignments and stuff. Take the year out, do my own thing, um, and then come back into it then with a new kind of refreshed head for the final year, or, or if I repeat the third year or whatever the hell I end up doing. Yeah. Um, and just giving myself that little bit of time to breathe because I need that breathing time. Yeah. Um, and then I am off to LA. I'm off to London. I'm off to follow and catch that dream. 
if it works out, great. I'm giving myself till about mid-30s to strive for that dream. Mm -hmm. And if nothing happens by then, going to settle down. We're going to become a music teacher or something. But I'm going <laughs> to give myself a few years, plenty of time, about 10 years, no problem, absolutely. But I'm yeah. going to give myself that timeline just because I have to be kind of realistic at the same time as well. Like I will need to make some kind of an income as well. So I told myself, that's what I'll do. Um, and if it works out great, and if it doesn't, at least I know I didn't go down without a fight and I gave it my yeah. best shot. And I'm still going to make my own music and stuff, but like, no, we'll settle down, we'll have a plan. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's the plans for the future anyway. Yeah, and you know what? That'll probably change as well, you know, like... Probably, really you, like never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know what's happening. Yeah. Next year, I could be married. Who bloody knows? <laughs> It's so hard to know. Like, I could be married by the time I'm 23 and I would not put it behind me with the things that have happened this year. Who bloody knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Do you have a boyfriend now? No. Oh, oh <laughs> so sorry. I'm really, like, I'm really fishing for it. Like, I'm like, hello, I'm single. So, call um, 1890 <laughs> to hook up a journal. I'm joking. <laughs> so, I call me on single. <laughs> Valentine's on Sunday. No, please don't. I want a boyfriend. <laughs> Oh my God. But you know what? It's so, I'm sure it's so hard to meet people now with lockdown and everything. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Pretty much. Like, I, I am talking to a few people, mm -hmm. you know, we we are sliding into the DMs now and again, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But um, we'll, we'll see because I can't exactly meet up with people at, at the moment. But, you know, yeah. we're definitely trying. The Tinder is on the go 24-7, just like swipe I'd say they I'm haven't been like, as busy ever. <laughs> no, I swear to God, this is where they're making all the money now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, Especially with Valentine's in like a day, they're just like, um, yeah, <laughs> like I don't want to be single. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Valentine's. Oh, I'm terrible with Valentine's. I was like in Aldi today and I was looking at the Valentine's cards they have. I was like, I should probably get himself a card. <laughs> but I was like, every time I read the cards, I'm just like, no, they're too mushy for me. Like, do you know? I'm oh, like, I literally when I went to the shop, what did I get? I got strawberries and I got the Lindor chocolates for myself. Oh. <laughs> for Valentine's I'm like I'm sitting and I'm watching the saddest love movie ever and I'm going to be fine about it <laughs> I love that I bought myself flowers before as well actually I was like I bought myself a bouquet of flowers just to cheer myself up on a self oh 100% <laughs> I probably did the same so obviously you've had some vocal training and you've been performing mm -hmm. for a good few years now um but one of the things that really stands out about you is you're so good at riffing like thank you so good <laughs> at it and I remember I think I might have sent you a message complimenting you and your riffing before on Instagram and you just said, Probably, girl, yeah. I practiced really hard to get this. So yeah. <laughs> tell us, how did you, how does it work? How does it work for you? What's the process? Um, I think for me, when I was younger, I did a lot of listening to artists that did runs from Beyonce to Christina to Mariah to Whitney, like the, the soul queens of riff, mm. riffing. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the people that were like, like, and especially in the last years would have been Jesse J now um, or every, Ariana Grande, like the, the people that would have been very much like the, the queens of riffs and runs, yeah. you know? And I think for me, I built up an ear for learning how to do them um, as well as practicing them. Now, I've always been quite naturally agile in my voice anyway, mm. um, which was always a benefit. Yeah. But I feel like there's still some runs that like, oh God, I can't do that. I'll have to break it down bit by bit by bit by bit. But I think not getting yourself too caught up and frustrated with them you can learn off your few little simple runs like oh like the little like seven note runs or something like that mm -hmm. that you can just you can utilize now and again now sometimes using the same one over and over again is going to be extremely annoying than yeah. that but i think learning learning the basics and learning how to do because there is a difference between runs and riffs like a riff is like a Oh, it's like a continuation whereas the run is like no it's it's a different oh. mechanism that you're using and I think finding the difference between them but also incorporating your little style into it too but not getting too frustrated if you can't do it because it is an art form in itself mm. do you know what I mean and the, the practicing of it is a big thing you need to practice scales all the time like you know just yeah. and just doing little ones like that now and again really really 
does help solidify your technique. And eventually then you can just do like a vomit run like I did there. You can just throw out whatever one you want. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely an art form. But listening to people and listening to their runs and trying to emulate them definitely for me helped, um, especially when I was younger. And I have been doing runs since I was about 10 years old, <laughs> practicing yeah. them like all the time and making sure that they're perfect and they're crisp and clear and that you can hear every single note. Now, they're not always perfect. I've had extremely messy runs and I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but 99% of the time, they're very much kind of, because I would have practiced them for certain songs, but sometimes then I'll just throw them in for the crack. But I think as well, there's a difference with overusing them, which yeah. I used to do a lot and placing them in the song at the right time and not just doing yeah. it for the, I can do runs, you know, which, which was very much my mindset before. Yes. But now it's very kind of like, does this work with the song? Is it the right tempo? Does it blend? Like, does it even make sense? Like yeah. if you're thinking about it, like, like the word down, you might do a downward run in it because it's just the word down. It sounds kind of cool that you're singing and down or, or like fall or like I'm going up like you know doing it upwards and like little things like that that kind of they make sense with the words or little things like that and I feel like that's the the art of riffing and running do you know what I mean yeah it's I'm like I'm so not a riffer like but I've been kind of dabbling with it a bit over the last year or so like just mainly for to work on my agility like because I was in a rock band for like eight years so like I wasn't riffing like Mariah Carey I'm obsessed (laughs) with rock and Miley Cyrus's new era (laughs) obsessed mm. with that right now yeah she's like she's really bringing rock back like you know? i love it i love all the 80s sure all the 80s children are now dominating the things so the 80s and 90s are coming back like you've dua lipa and the weekend that are very 80s inspired mm. ariana bringing the 90s in with the r&b sound it's hilarious because they're all dominating the areas so that's gonna come back you know I just was, as you were talking about the riffing, I just had a little flashback. Were you at the KJ Rose performance workshop in VoiceWorks like two years yes, ago? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, um, because I just remembered her, I remember her giving you some feedback on, on your song when you sung it. I, I did Killing Me what Softly. Killing Me Softly. Yeah. What did you, what did you think of the workshop? Oh, she's amazing. She's so good. And she's the loveliest girl. And she she makes you feel good about yourself. And she's like, no, here's the energy. I'm bringing it. Now you need to bring it. And I love that. I found it really inspiring. Like, she came in. Remember, she came in. She had entrance music and everything. She was jumping in, like, like jogging in. Like, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, skipping. Yeah. And I was like, I, I love her already. <laughs> it was brilliant. And do you go to many workshops and things like that now? Um, or? I do, I do the workshops that would come up in BIM now, like they'd be like, this workshop's coming, like Gemma had one there recently, uh, I didn't go to that one, I was really, really sick that day in bed, just to like, I'm not able for anything today, um, but a couple of them I would go to now, like if I saw them, like, um, they could be on like, like A&R companies, or like little things like, but vocal workshops I haven't done in a while, um, because I'm always, I suppose, in class, like learning technique and stuff anyway, so I feel like I wouldn't, yeah. Like now, unless it was something that I really didn't know how to do, or if I felt like I wanted to hone back on my technique and maybe perfect something that I, because I always think going to lessons, regardless of your level, is so important because you forget techniques at times, or you like your technique might have slipped a bit. I know mine has slipped a bit in the last few months because I haven't been 100%, you know, doing my lessons. Like my belting mm-hmm. technique has gone, she's gone a little bit shouty. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, and I'm like, okay, dear. We need to hone in on her again. We need yeah. to make it sound like you're not screaming at the top of your lungs. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think very much like honing in and making sure that you, you kind of know that like, okay, I need to take care of my voice a little bit. This workshop will benefit you. And I know for a fact, they have benefited me a lot. Yeah. And even just like, I find going to them, this is quite, it's kind of inspiring and kind of motivates you to like do something and kind of. Yeah, grow, exactly. Skill set. And like, do you have like a daily vocal routine that you do or how do you kind of care for your voice uh well I'm not really singing much with lockdown but if I do feel like I might just do a little bit of singing I won't exactly warm up like I'll sing kind of a low song first and then do a higher one um but I'm working on a lot of techniques now recently um like I'm trying to perfect my whistle register a little bit better um because I I feel like (laughs) yeah because like I feel like that's that's nearly turned into like a signature of me like like runs and 
whistle is very much like a my signature thing now because mm. I've been inspired by the likes of Minnie Riperton, Mariah, Shante Moore, Ariana Grande. Like they're my my people, and there's yeah. not many like you know artists these days that are doing that kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, this makes me stand out. I'm capable of doing it, so what? Why not? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I'm working on now. I'm just getting a little bit more confident confidence so I can do it like I can do it live 90% of the time but it's more being more confident in using it because it's kind of like oh god what if this doesn't come out that's embarrassing you know yeah that's yeah it is it's about repetition so that eventually you build up the muscle memory that it just does it you know yeah because when you're first learning it's like it doesn't always come out the way you want it to (laughs) yeah because like I can go fairly low and I can go fairly high like so it's it's utilizing all the range but making sure that it's like always there as well because you can't be like I can hit this no I'm like can you do it all the time no so that can't be included in your range like my comfortable range of all the time singing is about five octaves of comfortable always singing my range is about eight octaves I think it's 8.3 octaves the last time I tested I can go about a full octave off the end of the piano and I can go about a full octave below the end of the piano as well. So, oh my God, that's, that's kind of a bit mental, <laughs> right? Oh, There's not many people who have a range like that. No, it's, it's nuts. And Freddie I've been Mercury, told maybe? Absolutely. Freddie Mercury had about four octaves. Uh, wow. Prince had about six as well. Prince, um, Axl Rose. Mariah Carey has about five. But I usually say for me, I'm like five octaves because that's... Yeah what's always there I'm usually from about a low f2 to about I'd say about a g7 like that's where I'm always I can always hit these notes regardless of time of day whatever's happening this is always what comes out like you know so that's why I'm like okay five is the safe safe one for me do I always sing in five octaves absolutely not I usually always sing in about two two and a half maybe you know but if needs be we'll we'll be there (laughs) someone's like I need someone to hit this high note I'm like I'm here (laughs) (laughs) yeah I get what you mean there's like always like a kind of a base foundation there of notes but to get those other notes you need to kind of kind of keep working on them even if you're not necessarily exactly with those notes in it yeah exactly exactly what's next for Jer oh well he's going to take his little bit of time to work on him and or them I as well as you know I identify as non-binary but like I'm like he they them jury I'm like I'm good with it because Mm -hmm. I'm very male presenting as we know so you know just so everybody knows it's fine I won't get offended but that's the preferred anyway so I'm very kind of like you know next year album hopefully that's what we're aiming towards um I don't know when but we're hoping maybe this time next year EP or album I'm more striving towards the album of about 10, 12 songs okay. um, because I have a lot of them recorded already. Okay. They haven't been put anywhere. Um, and it's, I think as well, picking and choosing which songs sound cohesive as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll just have to see. <laughs> but that's mm. the plan. More music. Uh, definitely build the social medias. Um, looking for management at the moment. So that's my big thing. Looking for okay. that. Um, and we'll see how that goes anyway. But yeah that's the plan for the year and we'll see how that goes and if it works great and if it doesn't that's fine too (laughs) yeah exactly I think um it's always good to have plans and to kind of um have some idea where you're going next but also be open to changing because things change all the time so yeah and just adapting adapting exactly 100%